Welcome to the Living at Your Finest podcast, a podcast devoted to helping communities of color with emphasis on women to live at their finest holistic health by being empowered to nourish their bodies, minds, and spirit so that they can flourish as health champions. Dr. Dolapo Babalola, aka Dr. Babs. I am a board certified family physician, health and fitness coach, and the founder of Living at Your Finest Company. Have you struggled with your holistic health, spirit, mind, and body? Perhaps you thought you had it all figured out, all for it to come tumbling over. Imagine consistently living at your finest health with information that can transform your life and allow you to triumph holistically. Well, search no more. This podcast is just for you. Together, we can triumph on this journey of holistic health as my guest and I share lessons learned from our health journeys using an exciting holistic approach, fun, fundamental, and faith-based. So I hope you're ready for some fun and candid dialogue. Hey, living at your finest health champions. I'm extra happy and excited. It's Happy 50th episode on the Living at Your Finest podcast show. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to celebrate. Thank you all for just being with me along this journey, halfway to 100 episodes. And my first year anniversary is coming up in a few weeks. So yes, it's time to do a happy dance. Thanks again for sticking with me on this journey of listening, learning, and growing together. We're stronger and healthier together when we collaborate. So as we continue on episode 50, we are going to dive into what it means to live at our finest with a focus on the S part of finest, sleep and substance abuse. I have a full episode on sleep where a guest, Dr. Funke Falabi-Brown, went to town with everything that has to do with sleep. So please make sure you check that out, episode 47, if you haven't already listened to it. But today we're going to focus on the commonality between sleep and substance abuse. I'm going to discuss the relationship between substance abuse and sleep, how they both impact finest living, and we'll end with ways to make positive changes, because that's what we all want. Please note that though I am a family physician, I am not your physician. My goal is to provide a platform for educational purposes and for all matters pertaining to health and personal development. The words and other content provided here or in any linked materials are not intended as medical advice and do not reflect those of any organization that I'm employed by or affiliated with. Please consult your doctor for your specific needs. Thank you. So you see, acute exposure to drugs. So let's talk street drugs, heroin, cocaine, or alcohol, prescription drugs, over-the-counter drugs, whatever it might be. And an acute exposure to these can disrupt sleep by affecting the latency, duration, and quality. But then when you have over a long period of time exposure, it takes it to a whole new level where it impacts just overall wellness, leading to disease states and just inhibition of the body's physiological function. So it's so important that we take a step back and ask, which one comes first? Is it the lack of sleep that leads to the use of substance abuse or is it vice versa? There is definitely a relationship and it happens both ways. We know that drug use can result in sleep problems 
as well as sleep issues can lead to drug abuse. Now, why do we talk about drug abuse? Drug abuse is so important because it leads to addiction and definition for addiction is defined as the brain disease brought on by chronic drug use that interferes with and makes changes to the brain secretary as well as chemistry. And these all lead to compulsive drug use and behaviors. So by these changes made in the brain's chemistry and circulation, not only does it cause compulsive drug use, but it also leads to trouble sleeping. And these trouble sleeping can be both acute, as I mentioned, short-term or a chronic long-term sleep disturbances. And as you can imagine, if you've already listened to episode 47, sleep is so important for the body. It is important because it's where we heal and restore our bodily function. So your memory is restored, your metabolism is restored. So many things take place during sleep and all of this is affected. We need to figure out if sleep is the problem to take care of sleep so that it doesn't lead to substance abuse and substance abuse is the problem to take care of that so it doesn't lead to sleep issues. Now, to understand what's going on in the relationship between drug abuse and sleep, we would need to look at each category. So let's start off with cocaine, cocaine or amphetamine. If you've ever had coffee close to bedtime, you would experience how stimulants can disrupt sleep. This is the category where we have cocaine and amphetamine, which increases how alert we are. If we take this close to bedtime, it definitely affects our ability to fall asleep. Long term, it can impact our neurotransmitter levels, so the brain chemicals responsible for mood, energy, learning, and more. Taking cocaine, for example, when people use cocaine, the energy and euphoria that experiences is just short term, but over a period, it increases the level of dopamine circulating in the brain. This boost in alertness can actually interfere with sleep and chronic use can lead to a reduction in REM sleep. And REM sleep is where we have all the restoration taking place, leading to daytime fatigue and memory difficulties. Additionally, amphetamine affects central nervous system, keeping people awake after its use, leading to sleep disturbances. Similar to cocaine, amphetamine also causes changes in the neurotransmitters that leads to prolonged sleep difficulty. Now let's flip and talk about depressants and sedatives. So alcohol and marijuana, which is one that commonly is used, you know, a little alcohol, they say a glass for women, less than a glass and two glasses for men. But when you do this in excessive amount, it can actually give the impression that it's helping you sleep. But unfortunately, studies have shown that short-term and long-term use of these drugs impair our sleep cycle. And if you've heard anything about the sleep cycle, we have stage one, two, three, and then we have the the REM sleep, the rapid eye movement sleep. All of them have different functions in our bodies. So whenever we take alcohol, even though it might help you fall asleep, the quality of sleep is affecting, is affected by the alcohol use, all right? And unfortunately, it increases the the chances of experiencing sleep apnea, snoring, and nightmares. Now, marijuana, on the other hand, short-term use might help with falling and staying asleep when it comes to long-term use anyway. In any case, it's found to have a negative impact. People who use cannabis five times or more per week for three months or more tend to take longer to fall asleep, sleep less throughout the night, and experience less restorative, slow-wave sleep than people who do not use cannabis. So you see, it's like from fine pan to fire, if you've heard that terminology. Other 
drugs that we'll take a look at is hallucinogens can disrupt sleep in similar ways as stimulants because these drugs enhance feelings of alertness and they interfere with the neurotransmitter serotonin, which is important for regulating sleep. What about opioids? Opioid is a pain reliever, but unfortunately, it has been shown to lead to not just addiction and abuse, but results in trouble sleeping. Now, the issue is that people that use opioids is usually for pain. So the question is, is the pain keeping them from sleeping? And that's why they're using the opioid, or is it the opioid keeping them from sleeping? It's not really clear, but one thing we do know is that opioid use results in poor sleep quality and with less restorative sleep and less ROM, which is the rapid eye movement sleep. Now, some of the impact that you've observed now from everything that I've spoken about and also smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes have been shown to be a form of stimulant, so it keeps you alert keeps you agitated. I mean, you get a short-term relief of stress if you're taking it and unfortunately going, just affecting your sleep if you take it close to bedtime. Now, one of the symptoms of withdrawal is trouble sleeping and insufficient sleep is correlated with poor self-control. It's important for recovering addicts. It's important for recovery to get enough sleep so you reduce your chances of relapses and impulse control. Some of these we see when we use drugs for sleep, like in like melatonin is a good one. Even though our body naturally makes melatonin, if we take some melatonin that does not just, I mean, the artificial melatonin over the counter, it might get us to sleep, but it doesn't keep us asleep. I guess that's why they came up with the controlled release melatonin that is released over a period of time and it doesn't get to peak state and, and wears off from the body. People who struggle with sleep or insomnia sometimes we like to use alcohol, marijuana, all of this to help them fall asleep. But in the long run, leads to substance and abuse and addiction and then the body getting to a plateau where it doesn't even have an effect on it, especially in the presence of sleep disruptors. So I'll talk a little bit about those in a few minutes. Now, it's about low inhibitions. When people don't get enough sleep, the willpower, the self-control are all lower. And this leads to relapses for people who are trying to recover from alcohol, using it as a sleep aid or any form of drug. Thank you for your support to the Living at Your Finest podcast. Friendly reminder to please subscribe on iTunes if you have not done so already. Share the podcast within your circle of influence and please leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Welcome back to episode 50, Finest Living, the commonality between sleep and substance abuse. Let's continue as we discuss the positive changes to make that will contribute to finest living. First and foremost, we have to be graceful and patient with ourselves. We are creatures of habit and it does take time to break a habit. So please be patient with yourself. The opposite will occur in breaking a habit if we are hurtful and impatient with ourselves, which just lead to confusion and frustration. And we don't want that. Because all substance abuse disorders are tied to disrupted sleep, learning ways to enhance our ability to sleep can help us overcome drug addiction and vice versa. These are some of the tips that will help us to have healthy sleep so that we're not relying on substance abuse, or if we have substance abuse issues, how to win off of those so that we can have better sleep. So I have an acronym called SLEEP. You know me, I like to keep things simple and ways I can remember it. So SLEEP, S stands for set the environment, 
So the environment needs really, it helps the melatonin that our body naturally makes needs to be fostered and it's fostered an increased amount when we have our room temperature cooler. We deem the lights, so cut back on all the full lights, preferably, you know, you have the blue lights, lower dim lights, soft music helps. The L for sleep is lay out the bed routine. So this is usually about an hour to bedtime, set an alarm, soft alarm, you know, drink some lavender tea, caramel tea, have a cold, hot bath, lavender oil, rub around. I do that. I rub lavender oil and I spray in the room just to help with my routine for bed, make my brain know that, yes, I'm getting ready for bed. Read a book, not anything intense, just this book, journaling. It's also a nice routine to set. Now, the E, the first E, is eradicate disturbances. So TV, technology, you really need to cut that off, cut that, turn that off, because that stimulates us, that affects, especially with the blue light, it affects our brain and our melatonin production. So we want to cut that off. This second E is eat and exercise light. So what I mean by that, it's recommended at least three to four hours before bedtime is when you should stop eating because of all the things that happen with eating. It takes a lot of work to digest the food and you don't want any insulin stimulated to burn that food, you know, to, to get rid of the sugar. So, and you don't want any acid reflux, so many reasons. So you want to stop eating within at least, it's three to four, but at least two hours. And then same thing with exercise. You want to just do light stretch. You don't want to do anything vigorous that would stimulate you and keep you awake. With food, caffeine has a half-life of almost eight hours. So your last cup really should be about two. Alcohol, it's recommended at least, if if you're going to take a cup, they usually say for each cup you take, you should calculate three hours back your sleep time because of how long it's in your body. So you want to do that. Smoking as well, you want to... If you have to smoke and you're cutting back on smoking, because overall smoking does affect the blood vessels, damages the blood vessels. So you really want to cut back on that. Same thing with alcohol way, way, way before. And I truly recommend not smoking, but I know we're creatures of habit. So you definitely need to seek help for the smoking. And I have so many patients that have been successful and just quitting smoking altogether. The last acronym in the sleep word is P, which is prioritize your sleep time and your sleep place. So that's seven to nine hours is what is recommended, not just in the hours, but the quality of sleep. You want to wind, begin to wind down like an hour before bedtime. So I try to be in bed by 10. I have my soft alarm by nine. I begin my winding down. So the first 20 minutes is getting myself prepped for the next day, whatever it is I need, like my warm water with lemon. I get that ready. The next 20 minutes is my hygiene. So brushing my teeth cleaning my face, doing whatever I need to do, get into my pajamas. And then the last 20 is like meditation, journaling, praying, reading my Bible, reading a book. And that's usually what I try. I do my very best every day. I get better every day. Now, prioritize place. What does that mean? It means your bed should only be for intimacy and sleep. It shouldn't be for anything else. When we read in our bed, when we watch TV on our beds, I mean, when I say read in the bed, I mean, that's different from reading your Bible. But again, preferably just keep your bed for intimacy and and sleep only, right? So yeah, so you want to make sure that 
that's what you reserve your bed only for. So there's no confusion. And then also find the right mattress and the bed, the bed sheets and pillows. It's a pillow test that can tell you if, if it folds easily when you fold it and it and it jumps back, that's great. But if it doesn't, that's a poor pillow. Mattress needs to be changed every eight years because of you know the way we sleep, our posture. So, you know, do that deep research and see what is causing the 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 hindering factor so that you don't have to rely on substance abuse like alcohol and all those other things. Now, what are some of those complementary things? Definitely finding an accountability partner and program because substance abuse can be very difficult. So you need a partner. You want to reach out to your physician. There's several programs out there that can help. Another complementary factor is sleep aids if you've done everything that I've already talked to you about. So melatonin vitamins also help to promote sleep. You want to talk to your provider, though, because this is all just information to use as a conversational starter with your provider. So vitamin C, vitamin D, E, vitamin B12, vitamin B6, they're, or they're all great supplements for to aid with sleep. I tend to... I do my best midday to get some vitamin D that will help me, that will promote healthy sleep at night. So these are some complementaries that will help us to make those positive impact in our overall health and will enable us to live at our finest. I hope that you found this information to be helpful. If yes, I want you to know that it's time to transform and triumph as health champions by taking one step forward towards building a healthier sleep pattern and avoiding substance abuse that is not serving you well. One of my motivational codes for helping me live at my finest is by an unknown author that says where you are a year from now is a direct reflection of the choices you make today. So let's make the right choices. We can do it together and we can live at our finest together. Now, remember to be patient with yourself, okay? Give yourself grace. Ask for help from experts on the matters, on any of these matters, especially your primary care provider. Listen to episode 47 that talks in depth about sleep so you know the different stages of sleep. And a friendly reminder to subscribe to the Living at Your Finest podcast if you haven't done so already. I would love to connect with you. I can't wait until I connect with you again on the Living at Your Finest podcast as we continue in the series of finest living with the final pillar, T stands for take a break. This will be real juicy. Until then, please remember you deserve to live at your finest holistic health by being whole and vibrant. And this is because it's a need and you most certainly can achieve it. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Living at Your Finest podcast. My hope is that as you have been informed, you would be transformed to take actionable steps to triumph at Living at Your Finest health and personal development. For more in-depth content on best practices to ensure that you live at your finest daily Join me on Facebook and YouTube at Living at Your Finest with Dr. Babs, where we can learn together. You know my favorite hashtag, hashtag healthier together. See you soon. Take care and God bless.